Hello and welcome to the Conversation Is podcast. I'm Charlie Pitson and with me today is Tom Coughlin, uh, otherwise known as El Jefe White Ink, your boy. Your boy, yeah. We worked hey together. Demons. We worked together. We worked together. We worked together at Yard Bar and Kitchen. Hey, demons. It's me. Yes. Are you ready to do our. Uh, yeah, boy. I'm very much ready. We're doing one of my favourite films, one of my favourite films of all time, one of my top three favourite films of all time. And what is that? It's Goodfellas. Directed by Martin Scorsese. Directed by the man himself, Martin Scorsese. Genius. The man Charlie. with the eyebrows, you know. The man with and the not eyebrows. Eugene Levy from American Pie. <laughs> the other guy. The other, the other guy, guy, yeah. The, the director. <laughs> Alright, let's, let's, get, let's get started. Let's begin. Yeah, Goodfellas only. Goodfellas. Yeah. What a film. What an absolute film this is. Art. Art. Charlie is what it's I'd art. call it. As you friend. said earlier, it's like, it's like a painting, isn't it? It's, it, all, it's almost as if like... Yeah, you every said. shot, every shot looks like a painting. This is why yeah. I think this is why I love Scorsese so much. And speak, and this is going to sound really poncy, but speaking as someone who's kind of an actor, I guess someone who studies. Well, you are, you're an actor. We'll call, so. we'll call me an actor for the sake of the podcast. But yeah, someone who does acting. Yeah, this is you're watching guys, guys like De wise Niro. guys. Yeah, <laughs> watching wise guys, watching guys like De Niro and. Joe Pesci, Joe Pesci, Ray Liotta doing their thing, and Frank you are Vincent, Frank you know, Vincent, Paul yeah. geniuses, absolute geniuses of what they Lorraine do. Uh, Lorraine Bracco, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, all so so talented. Pretty much everyone in this film was in The Sopranos as well. Yeah, that's actually really interesting. So the guy um, playing Spider was in The Sopranos as well, and as as we were speaking about earlier, there's a little Easter egg in The Sopranos where he says. Um, where I believe he shoots somebody in the foot or the leg. Yeah. They say, oh my God, what am I going to do? And he says, oh, you'll get over it, which is a little Easter egg from this. So yeah, it's really, really all intertwined. I just, I, this kind of American, yeah, Italian-American gangster genre is something that I've always loved, always loved so much, just watching Incredible to See, you know? Yeah. You, do you reckon it's kind of similar to like um, The Wolf of Wall Street though? Yeah, I, I in, t- in terms of like how it's structured and... Just kind of how everything unfolds and it just kind of goes like manic towards the end and he's like getting chased on the helicopters. He's like, you know, off his face on cocaine. There's also this scene we're watching right now because we, we put it on. Cause, mm. And it's when... Um, I can't remember the wife's name. Uh, Christ, for the love of me. Uh, Karen. Karen, yeah, Karen, Karen. Hill. So when, when, she, when she wakes up Henry with the gun in his face, it kind of reminds me of the whole... Uh, Venice, you know the who who. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you a fucking owl? What are you a fucking owl? Yeah, yeah. 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 It's kind of the same. It's the same thing. Like, oh, totally. This the shot is um yeah it could, like it could be from the same film. It could yeah. absolutely be from the same film. Um, because you you do you get that shot of Margot Robbie kneeling over the top of um, Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. going, you know, who is Venice? And Who's Venice? Who? 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, um, it's, it's what reminds me when I watched The Wolf Wall Street for like, you know, like the third time or whatever and I watched rewatched Goodfellas and I thought, fuck, it's the same film. <laughs> and it's not, not not in a bad way, like, I, they're both respect to be amazing films, but it's just, oh, yeah, it's just totally. kind of like... The stories unfold in the same kind of way. Yeah, you definitely see. Um, you know, they're both they're both criminals, and they both kind of sell everyone out towards the end. Well, Jordan Belfort doesn't, does he? It's more. Well, well Belfort can't. Well, yeah, Belfort doesn't. Obviously, Belfort doesn't mean to sell everybody out, but he kind of has to. He has to stop himself. Get a reduced sentence, and then get a reduced yeah. sentence. Stop himself going to prison for twenty five years or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you do, and you see, obviously you see Henry Hill rat them all out at the end of it, but which is the most 
awful part. Oh my god, you're it, watching. It makes me so angry. Even though like I hate you're supposed to hate all these kind of characters, you just kind of you feel bad for De Niro. Oh, and, totally. And you could and stuff cause like, like you could write about this kind. Of, do you know what I mean? Like you, you could write about the way these characters make you feel. This kind of such a massive um, emphasis put on the anti-hero that he yeah. always does. Always. So look at you. Look at films like Casino. You look at uh, this, you look at, like like you say, The Wolf mean of Wall Street, Mean Street. I've never seen Mean Street. Kind of Taxi Driver as well, but you haven't seen that. No, no, I've not seen that either. Raging Bowl a Raging little bit. Ball, yeah, because yeah, he does beat his wife. You want a happy... No, but you do. You want a happy ending for Jake LaMotta. You yeah. want a happy ending for Jake LaMotta. You want him to win. You, you want him know, to win, and, win, and he doesn't. And I think that's kind of the striking reality that um, Scorsese really concentrates on about in his films that, you know, you can have all these beautiful things, but I ain't going to last forever. Yeah, and it's not. It's not forever. You can have it's all the money in the world, you have all the power in the world, but yeah, you know, everything comes down. It it, it kind of bites you on the ass towards the end. You oh, one hundred percent. I mean, they yeah. do. They they do live like lives of luxury for mm. fucking decades. You know. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. Isn't it like twenty years in Goodfellas or was it something like that? Well, it's not. Yeah. It's not actually. No, that's not that long, is it? It's, it's, I don't think it's far off that. I, th- I don't think it's far off that. Because he's supposed all. to be twenty-one. At the, like, yeah, that's so a when, joke. when when when. <laughs> 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 it's like a whole discussion we had about the Irishman as well, wasn't it? You oh know, my the, god, the like difference the, in the age. fact that fucking Ray Liotta is supposed to be twenty-one when he first appears in yeah. the film, and he's looking, he, and he know, looks about thirty-five because well, he he's is. the oldest-looking fucking twenty-one-year-old I think I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, um, it's all the stress from being a gangster. That's it's what this it is, one it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's same with the Irishman, isn't it? And he were playing out what twenty or twenty-eight-year-old. Something, something like that. Twenty. 20 well, he's playing a twenty-eight-year-old in this, and he's about forty. Almost fifty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And 30, 30 Pesci years ago. as well. Pesci's so old in this, and he's playing somebody who is meant to be of the same age. Yeah. As um, as uh, Ray Liotta's character, it's a, it's a, it's crazy. Absolutely. Oh, he's supposed to be the same age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you Joe know, Pesci's, Tommy, Joe Pesci's Tommy is supposed to be twenty-one. Yeah, Tommy is supposed to. Tommy be... Tommy DeVito is twenty-one. To- Tommy DeSimone is the is supposed to be the same age or there or thereabouts as Henry Hill, because obviously you see in the beginning of the film. When they when he when he meets him, he introduces him. Uh, what's the uh, Robert De Niro's character? Yeah, uh, Jimmy Conway. Jimmy yeah. Conway introduces him to Ray Liotta's character, Henry Hill, and he says, "Yeah, so this is Tommy. This is Tommy Day. He'll do whatever." And they, yeah, they're, they're supposed to be of, uh, at least of a similar age. And Christ, he was fifty, Four, yeah, almost fifty. Yeah, yeah almost fifty. It's absolutely shocking. That it's crazy. I didn't know that. That's weird. Well, that would appear to be a Scorsese problem when you want to work with the same actors over and over and over again. These people are going to get old. It's <laughs> also the fact that like he's not just. It's not just that he's like he's he's casting them in these roles where. It's, it's it's obviously it's obvious that they should have cast you know younger people to play younger versions yeah, of them. Yeah, just get someone younger. There are so many talented young actors. I'm trying to plug myself. Um, there are so many. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are so many talented. Scorsese, young... please, please hire him. Hello, Martin Scorsese. For what? What's the Killers of, Killers of the Flower Moon? His new film, I think. Oh Christ! I've which actually no has De Niro and DiCaprio. Let's finally get them together. I mean, it's incredible that they're getting together. But I hope with all my heart that. Um, Robert De Niro plays somebody who's a bit more his age because I can assure yeah. you, watching a seventy-five-year-old, eighty-year-old De Niro in um, the Irishman, in the Irishman, Playing trying like to beat somebody 30, up, thirty <laughs> when he was, uh, what was it, in the, when he's in the World War Two, thirty, forty, 30. 50. and then, and then obviously he's like what thirty, his late thirties, early forties when um, he yeah, he beats up the shopkeeper, and uh, 
Yeah, it's weird seeing him play like uh, like late like thirties, early forties, being a shopkeeper, and he's the way he kicks oh, him. Oh, it's crazy. You know, I know obviously he's old, and there's no other way. But they could have they could have had like someone fill in and just just have someone fill, just have a body double for Christ's sake. Have somebody who can just, just anyone. Do the yeah, I don't even care. I, like the Irishman was a decent film, but it was great. It was. It's, <sighs> I, it was. A, do you know what it was, Chow? For me, it was. A bit, it was a film. <laughs> it was a film. It was certainly a film. Very fucking long one. Uh, very fucking long one. No, com- no complaints. I mean, I, I love long fucking films oh, like, one, just like, I, yeah I, do you know what it is for me Charlie I'm a bit of a philistine when it comes to this kind of issue so unless you're making a film about something that's had a massive influence and impact on the world and the way we see things in the world it doesn't really constitute being three and a half hours long no. so when um, who's the boy when Steven Spielberg made Schindler's List and obviously yeah. that's something ridiculous like three hours and 15 minutes long you're watching that film going okay I understand this is a long film but I need to sit here and watch it because it's about the Holocaust yeah. which is obviously a very important thing that we all must learn about because it, it, it was dreadful it was a dreadful thing that happened in the world we need to learn it unfortunately a gangster a gangster from Chicago or uh, what's it um, what's it mm, he's from Philadelphia Philadelphia sorry. Yeah, yeah. gangster from Philadelphia as much as he, yes I'm sure he had an impact on Philadelphia and gangland and whatnot. it's not quite as big a deal as the Holocaust do you know what no, I mean no yeah it's uh, it doesn't constitute being that long no film in the world constitutes being three and a half hours fucking long like it's, it's ridiculous but it's artsy. It's what Scorsese wants to do now. He wants to be an artist and make. He's things. always been a bit of an artist, though, hasn't he? You know, yeah, he, a lot of he, he's, about he's been he's been fighting to preserve, you know, film for years. He, I think he started up the. Um, oh, I can't remember what, for the life of me. I think it's the National Registry for Film or Motion Pictures or something, something like that. So, like, yeah, you know, something like that. Um, National Film Registry. Yeah, I think it was set up by. I don't. I think I believe it was set up by Martin Scorsese, or he has um, a kind of like a, a huge kind of part in, within that kind of registry. But yeah, I don't know, Charles. As much as you know, what I love Scorsese, and and yes, he is an artist, and you know some of the shots he creates. Like take what we're watching right now. We're just currently watching the prison scene where they're slicing the garlic. Um, with Charles Scorsese is in it as well. He's the, the one. Ra- he's the one um, stirring Absolutely. the sauce. Big big shout out. Big shout out to yeah. uh, Vinny. That's his name. Vinny. Vinny. And the, yeah. His name's Vinny. Big shout out to Vinny. Um, makes a fantastic tomato sauce from what I hear. Uh, not, yeah. Uh, I haven't it. tried it myself, but neither uh, have I. Um, I, haven't, I would, wouldn't want trying the uh, trying the recipe. Uh, yeah, do you know they what? do on, on bin- have you ever heard of Binging with Babish? I have heard of Binging. Yeah. I've actually seen that episode where they he do does it, Goodfellas yeah. prison sauce, and um, it looks fantastic. He does say in it though that slicing the garlic that thin doesn't really make much difference, unfortunately. No, but it's it's more of just how it looks, and yeah, I think it was well, it's more aesthetic, just, isn't it? It was a nice little kind of inclusion to the film, just to be kind of like, oh look, this is how precise and uh, the uh, the art of cooking. Yeah, the art of cooking and with, uh, like another bit we've just seen is um, a bit where he shows him the uh, red wine and he says, oh, well, now we can eat. That shows yeah. how much they are really, really, and I don't know, it might be a bit of an Italian stereotype, but how much they really are engaged in the, in the making of food and, you know, how much it just means Just the culture as well, yeah, you know, because the there are Italian-Americans and, you know... I can think. I think they, they obviously they maybe not so much them, but their fathers and all yeah, fathers before them. Yeah. They they kind of came to America and they just kind of want to preserve this, 
you know, way of living. Yeah, there's almost a purity to it, and there? there's yeah. a level of purity to it. But yeah, it's just uh, yeah, it is, it is artistic, and obviously that's his gig. That's Scorsese's gig. But a three and a half hour film is still a joke, Charlie. I'm sorry. Yeah, man. I know, I know, I know. I just I'm, I'm trying to defend it because I absolutely loved it, but I don't, don't get, Charlie, don't get me wrong, man. I really liked it as well, but fucking hell, three and a half hours. Do I mean, you know what is, you could do in three and a half hours? You could do Goodfellas and then another hour of Goodfellas. You could do an hour exactly. <laughs> this is what I mean. You could do. Goodfellas I mean, this film is quite long. This film's quite long. It's two oh, and a half hours. You see, but, but Charlie, it's such of, a massive difference. It didn't help. It probably didn't help that I watched it with my elderly grandfather, who falls asleep the moment anybody's not been talking to him for about four seconds uh that probably didn't help so i was having to watch the film trying to drown out the sounds of him going every yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean so that that's the thing though because the wolf of wall street is three hours long and that doesn't feel like a task to get through it it yeah. kind of it breezes through so quickly because the pacing is incredible the pacing's incredible it's just the irishman felt like more so of a high hot high octane yeah you know? I mean, um, it's, the Irishman isn't the same. The Irishman is not. It's, I mean, it's better than Silence, and that's. that's do you know, I, that's another one of Philistine again. I've never seen Silence, so I couldn't tell you. But I really. Do you want to see Silent and that then? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 I see what you did there. Um, but yeah, I'll stay silent on that one. But yeah, man, it's 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 crazy. It's uh, three and a half hours is a fucking joke. Like, it's a fucking joke. Yeah, it's, it's like that's the longest film I've ever seen. And if it, I, I could, do you know what the thing is? If it wasn't Scorsese, I'd have never in my life sat down to watch. Didn't think about sit it. Sit down yeah. to watch a film that was three and a half hours fucking long. Yeah, ever, well, have you, have you, have you need to watch Once Upon a Time in America then well, with De Niro. Four hours and 15 minutes, I think. Four hours yeah. and 15 minutes? Yeah, Fuck very that. long. Yeah, it's a very long film. I think it's set in the 1800s. What and in the world could possibly happen in a film in four hours? And f- like, a lot of just fucking walking, I guess. It's kind of yeah. like The Lord of the Rings, you know? Like, we can all sit around and be like, Lord of the Rings are masterpieces, but still, it's still a bunch of people walking through a volcano. Yeah, I, I think for this four is what hours. It is. Like, I, I don't know. Like I say, is as someone who does like the kind of more high octane stuff in terms of film, yeah, trying to sit down and watch a film that's three and a half hours long is crazy. And it's, it's, it's weird because you can. Have you ever seen any of his kind of like influences? You know, like Fellini and. I haven't, no. I'm, I, do you know what it is, Charlie? I'm very new to um, really taking where filmmakers and directors and producers get their kind of ideas from. I'm really new to it. And new to taking an interest in it. So no, I, yeah. I can't say I have. But t- tell me more anyway. Well, so um, f- for me, one of, one of my favourites is Fr- Federico Fellini. And he has obviously, you know, La Dolce Vita mm. and Eight and a Half. And... For me, this film kind of takes a lot of influence from the way that those films were kind of shot, and I think his love for like Italian cinema and the the lengths that those films were, I feel like he needs to put his stamp on that. And I think the only way he feels like he could possibly do it is by making these very long films. But like you know, he is kind of the king of it. You know, yeah, no, and I'm not I'm not saying like oh these films are too long. There are directors who make way longer films. But I mean, I couldn't I, name you one. Spielberg likes a long film, bless him. 
He's only got a few. He's only got a few. He's only but got look, it's like, man, I, I mean, most some sh- most of his songs are about an hour and a half to two and a half. Well, hours. fucking Schindler's List, man. Fucking Schindler's it's a very long film. That is Schindler's List is a super long film, but Schindler's List documents perfectly the life of who must be like one one of one of the best human beings of all time. Do you know what I mean? Oscar Schindler's got to be up there with the greatest people. Well, next to Gary Coleman, obviously. I, who the fuck is Gary Coleman? Different strokes. Oh, oh yeah, what you talking about with What you talking about with? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, that guy, yeah. I think it kind of goes Gary Coleman. Oscar Schindler. Oscar Schindler. Jesus. Jesus. Gandhi. Gandhi. Martin, uh, Martin Luther uh, King. And then Henry Hill. And then Henry Hill. Uh, yeah, but... Hen- the goodest fella of all. <laughs> the goodest, the goodest fella, the goodest boy you ever did see. Um, the goodest fella you the ever did see. The wisest guy you ever met. The wisest... <laughs> 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 yeah, the wisest of men. Um, but yeah, even take look at look at this bit we're looking at now, right? So you see Paul Savino here. Look at his eyes. Look at his eyes. The one, I don't know what, how much sort of guidance Scorsese gave him in this scene, but you can see anger in the guy's eyes. Obviously, he's a fantastic actor, but yeah. uh, that coming back... I, I, do you know what I mean? I feel like I've just slagged off Scorsese for making a long film No, so, so we, yeah, we're not slagging off Scorsese. <laughs> we're, 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 have, we're having a discussion about... And obviously, these things need to be spoken about. You yes, know. Martin, if you are listening, um, I'm definitely not slagging you off. And should you be making another film soon, I'd certainly like a part in it. Thank you very much. Preferably <laughs> <laughs> a lead role. <laughs> Preferably a lead role. No, it's, it's one of those things... You, you, you can't just sit back and talk about a film without kind of discussing its fault because that's it's, there's no real kind of chat there so yeah you, no, you, you have to you have to kind of admit that not everything's perfect and you have to nitpick a little bit oh totally, totally. just to kind of you know but then if you ask me to see fault with goodfellas i don't know if i could find you one genuinely yeah there isn't i don't think there is a fault with goodfellas goodfellas is, is a perfectly crafted film and it's possibly one of the greatest films in the last 50 years by far probably the in the top 10 yeah yeah 100%. and that's not just my favourite films it's definitely one of my top 5 yeah I, well, it's, it's my top 3 so my top 3 consists of 3 kind of different ideas I had to have an American film in there somewhere Americans and sort of American directors we've got Tarantino yeah. and Scorsese these two guys who have played such a massive part <sighs> excuse me um, who've played such a massive part in film especially in the last 20 30 years yeah. um you have to give a nod to them this film is is a work of art um but then my other two in the name of the father and this is england they're obviously done by british people uh, yeah. i don't know don't know if the na- in the name of the father was directed by a brit the name but of the father um i've heard of it but i'm not quite sure I, I mean. absolutely incredible film um it's about uh the the uh, guilford fall Okay. So is it this was, Daniel Day Lewis? This is Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, Daniel Day Lewis. I, I, I knew he, I, I was thinking him. Yeah, and I was man. like, okay, I don't want to mess up. Like, okay. Yeah, man. Director, yeah. I'm not quite sure. I don't know the director either, but Christ alive, Daniel Day Lewis in that film is just jaw dropping. Pete yeah. Postlethwaite as well, jaw dropping in it. Um, Emma Thompson, really, really good in it. Uh, yeah. yeah, some really talented people, not only in the film, but and the film makes. It kind of, it perfectly shines a light on just how devious. Let's call let's let's call it devious. Just how devious that the British policing and British enforcement systems were at the time. Yeah. So they really have this massive um, sort of concentration on the Prevention of Terrorism Act, which is still legal now. Um, which is where you can legally detain somebody for seven days without charging them. So you can bring somebody in for questioning 
Yeah. Um, and as you see in the name of the father, in in the name of the father, uh, is they just beat the living daylights out of um, Daniel Day Lewis's character, Jer- Jerry Conlon. Um, and they just beat him up and torture him essentially for seven days until he just says, Yeah, I did it. He says, yeah, yeah, I did it. And they didn't do it. And there's four of them, and they all are sort of forced into confessing to doing it when they had no part to play in it. Um, but yeah, that's that's absolutely incredible film. This is England, kind of. Shane Meadows. Shane Meadows, that's right. Goes without even saying. Um, one of the people, I mean, the guy, Stephen Graham. Stephen Graham, who was in The Irishman. Who was in The Irishman and is probably the shining light. The Oh, yeah. One of the shining lights of the Irishman. Tony Pro, you know, was 15 minutes late to a meeting in shorts. Yeah, man, that's right. That's right. Turns you up in shorts. You cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> Turns up, yeah, and it is just, it is just absolutely wonderful. And he is a wonderful actor. Stephen Did you know Graham. he was in uh, Gangs of New York? I uh, didn't know. No, Scorsese, yeah, he was in that. Um, he's a quite small role in it, but it's not his first. Obviously, I, I thought I, I thought the Irishman was his first uh, like role with Scorsese, and I was kind of like, okay, this this guy's gone far. Yeah. And then I rewatched The Gangs of New York, actually knowing who Stephen Graham was at the time, because I haven't watched this for years. I used to watch it with my dad when I was a kid. You know, he was always on. But. Uh, yeah, what an incredible actor, man. Oh, my God. Absolutely, absolutely insane. What, like like I say, I mean, when he's surrounded by all these massive names, Pesci, De Niro, Pacino, and he still manages to rise above them Yeah, and show just how talented, talented he is. Not only does that make me proud as a young actor who, I, I mean, as you can tell by my accent, didn't grow up in a similar place, but certainly grew up in similar surroundings. Yeah. Um, to Stephen Graham, who grew up as a working class fella from Kirby near Liverpool or in Liverpool. And yeah, just uh, incredible. Incre- it, it gives me a lot of hope. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's, it is so, so incredible to see this guy acting alongside people that I love. And it makes me think. And well, probably people he grew up. Probably kind of, people you know, he grew up. He's probably his idols, you know. Yeah, man, totally. And it, it, I mean, Christ, he's such a talented bloke. But yeah, this is England. This is another absolute work of art. Just watching it going, Christ alive. This is so real and gritty and raw. Yeah. But yeah, so that's my that's my top three favorite films. Yeah, this. It's a pretty good. Film. That's a pretty good list. It's not a bad list. It's not a bad. It could definitely part. And that's kind of why we picked this over the Irishman because we were we were going to do the Irishman, mm. but. We kind of thought that it needed a few more viewings before we can really. Yeah, I mean, I didn't delve deep into like you know the story itself because yeah. it's such a long film. It like we said seven thousand times. Like we have said seven thousand times. Twenty minutes in the last twenty minutes. It's a super fucking long it's film. Fucking long film. And so to be fair, it's two good fellas and stuff. Yeah, so. which isn't quite as long. But then again, Charlie, neither of us had five and a half months spare to watch the film six times. So. And that's probably about as long as you need to watch it that yeah. many times anyway. So, yeah, it's just, it is, it's, it's a blessing. Also, that this one's been up 30 years this year. 30 years? October. So that is crazy, isn't it? Before me and you were even twinkles in our father's eyes, Charlie. Yes, 30 yes. whole years, my friend, you know. Um, but I think that's that says enough about it as well. It says enough that 30 years down the line, I'm still watching this film and you're still watching this film going, well, it's in my top three, it's in your top five. I think that... You know, and we weren't even born when it came out. You know, it says a lot about his kind of legacy, you know. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. It's possibly... Oh, I, I, It's possibly the, the best 
Martin Scorsese film in terms of just like if you had to pick every single one of his films, his his feature kind of not his documentaries or any of the you know the, the things he's done, just his feature films. This is possibly his best overall. I, I without a doubt. Yeah, I I think overall, yeah. I do you know what I've 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 banged on about my my top three favorite films. Um, but I've I you know I've left I've left Casino out of that. I've left Wolf of Wall Street out of that. I've left um, Raging Bull out of that, and all three of us. I mean, films. Raging Bull, you know, could be regarded as the best one. I mean, Raging Bull certainly could be. Um, I was in a lecture the other day, and we were shown the opening credits from Raging Bull, where they've where they've got the, the classical piece of music, and you just yeah. see uh, Jake Lamotta shadow boxing in the ring, and it's just uh, you are watching it going, Christ alive! This is. This is fucking something special, do you know what yeah. I mean? This is really It's a very special. intense film as well. Oh, it is really intense. Really, really intense. I think the fact it's black and white as well is yeah. it does give it a certain a certain feeling about it and a certain kind of I think it wasn't it supposed to be shot like I wouldn't say it's shot kind of like a documentary in a way, because it's not, but it feels like the you know, shooting black and white was probably the best choice. You know, because it it is set in the forties yeah, and fifties. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think the, the the idea to shoot it in black and white is definitely de- definitely a better idea than having it in colour. Because, like I say, the black and white is stro- so striking as well. Is when you see a black and white film, like again Schindler's List, um, you are going fucking hell. Like this is really, this really like there there has to be a massive artistic element to this. This it's all done to lighting, isn't it? You yeah, know? yeah. And, and kind of getting the shadows right, and just kind of getting you know, it's it's really hard to set the kind of it's really hard to set the scene with black and white. Yeah, because obviously you've got all these lighting problems, but nailed it. Yeah, Schindler's List as well, isn't Schindler's List kind of part color though? Uh, so interesting thing about Schindler's List. This is becoming more about Schindler's List, but it, it, this uh, is definitely uh, not a podcast um, <laughs> about, about Schindler's, Schindler's List. list. That, that, we'll do that. I'm gonna do that eventually. We'll so. do that another time. I'll be on there again. Um, you know, Steven Spielberg. If you're listening to any of this, yeah, I'll definitely be on that one too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, yeah. There's um, there's li- there's the little flashes of color, and the, the message of it always really stayed in my mind. So there is, there's, I think it's two or three pieces of color in Schindler's List excluding that final scene where you have the people who Schindler saved go into their or the actors who played I don't remember what it is but um, there are people who were saved by Schindler going around um, that's it that's it going to Schindler's uh, headstone that is in Israel somewhere yeah Um, and that's the final piece which is in colour but then there's two other flashes of colour uh, it's the little girl who's got the red coat on. Yeah, and um, that's kind uh, of like the, 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 the that's the poster shot there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's that one scene where Schindler's uh, on a mountain or a hill or something, and he's looking over, and you see the little girl in the red coat running around, and then unfortunately you see the little girl in the red coat going onto the pile of people who are about to be incinerated. Um, and yeah, Spielberg said about it when asked. He said, "Why, you know, kind of why are these two things in color?" And he said something, something, something to the kind of idea of I did this, this, this little girl in color to show that everybody was an individual. You yeah. know, everybody was individual in their own right in this. We lost so many individuals, but it all kind of just falls under this six million people tag. You know? Yeah, I think they could have done something like that with the Irishman. You know. 
I think it would have been a bit of a cop out at the same time if they maybe shot some of the older, you know, you know the younger shots where World War Two that could have been shot in black and white maybe yeah. just to kind of yeah. give it that kind of emphasis on like and the time. Yeah, 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 because yeah. Because yeah. you're dropping someone in a time period that way, and that way then. In, you, you might excuse the whole, you know... Age thing. Age thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you're like, okay, we understand that. This is clearly set, you know, yeah. at a certain time because they've used black and white as kind of... But that also seems like, okay, that's a bit too obvious. And so. it's not only... It's, it's, a, it's been done, hasn't it? It's been yeah. done. It's kind of back in the... Uh, before the war and... You know, everything, yeah. So yeah, everything's anything, anything black. Anything pre-60s <laughs> is shot in the black and white. And then, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah, it's just... It's mental. Um but yeah, it's just yeah. Moving away from Schindler's List, which Moving is not let's, let's just go back to uh, Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Well, look, yeah. Sam Jackson's just been killed. Sam Jackson stacks, aka stacks. Yeah, um, killed by Tommy. Yeah, killed by Tommy. What's the line from uh, Ted uh, when I believe the lady doesn't know who Samuel L. Jackson is? Ted says he's 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 the black guy in every film ever, or something like that. <sighs> sake i always forget like he's in this because he has such a brief kind of he appearance bri- i mean he, it's yeah, one is probably one is it one of his first kind of major, i don't really know it's like, one of his first supporting roles when it's did pulp fiction come out pulp fiction was in 1993 or 4 so pulp fiction wasn't too long after this um he also did jurassic park as well christ see that's what i completely forgot he was in jurassic park in 1993 completely forgot he was in he was in jurassic park um, What's that? Part nineteen ninety. I always forget. I don't know. I don't, that's Spielberg again, um, popping up again. Spielberg. Yeah, this is probably the most Spielberg chat we've probably ever had. I think yeah. this is also the first Scorsese film we've done. And I, we should, I, I feel think, like we, I feel bad. We should probably focus done, on him a bit. More. I've only done thirty episodes, yeah. and I could not tell you what they all were <laughs> without looking at a list. So, <laughs> as I say that this might be the first Scorsese film, it probably isn't. But well, did most you, definitely didn't, is. didn't you do Parasite the other week? Yeah, but that's Bong Joon-ho. No, 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 no. I know he's a different director, but I, I was, I think we were speaking about it the other day that um, Scorsese said something quite, uh, quite striking to him, didn't he? I think he kind of said to him, you know, this was. Really it was more special. of like he said something. He, he, he sent, I think he sent him a letter, but he also told him to rest. Yeah, and, uh, rest, but don't rest too long because the world needs and something about something like that. We need to yeah. see another film of yours, you know. I've not even seen Parasite. Do you know what I mean? I come on this, I have come on this podcast, you know, as somebody who really does love films, and I've not even seen Parasite, which is what's been spoken about. Me, to be fair, it came out. It's came out within the last nine months, so it's not. A, there's a lot of films, mind you know, to be. Watched. There are a lot of films to be you watched, know, man. I need to watch Silence, apparently. So, well, yeah. Well, there's a lot. There's a lot of Scorsese films I have not seen myself. You know, yeah. you know I haven't seen maybe one or two of his early films, mm. like Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore and Box about uh, Boxcar Bertha. I'm not, um, you, you just I haven't things. seen Silence. Okay. I haven't seen The Aviator. I do you know what? I've, I, I <laughs> it's, it's, quite, it's quite a list. You know, I, I've seen quite a fair amount, and you know, he's one of my favorite directors. Only You've probably seen the important ones, though. I think I've seen the important ones only because I I personally own them. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
But once I can find, obviously, you know, copies of his old yeah. one, I'll, I'll purchase them. Yeah. No, good, fantastic. And you must purchase them and purchase not them, yes. stream no, them illegally never online. Never stream them illegally online. No, no, no. Never That's that. terrible. Never. What is streaming? You wouldn't steal a handbag. You wouldn't, <laughs> you wouldn't steal a TV. <laughs> you wouldn't steal a car. You wouldn't steal a car. <laughs> you wouldn't steal a movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Ah. <laughs> 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 Well, do you know what I was watching? I was watching a stand-up comedian the other day. I think it might have been uh, do you know Ed Byrne, Irish no. guy. Um, he was he's on Mock of the Week a lot, and he uh, he, he glasses. Yes, glasses, yes, long one, hair, yeah. kind of long hair. And he does a yeah. little sketch about that where he says, uh, he says, "Oh, this music, this music is so funky and cool. It makes me not want to go out and steal things." And he's talking <laughs> about that dodgy, thing. Do you know what I mean? Possibly one of the greatest um, openings to any DVD. Oh, without a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, I think probably yeah. the greatest opening to any film, really. You know, <laughs> a film isn't complete until you have that 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 perfect piracy. Oh, without habit, a doubt. You know? Yeah, and we, you know, it made me not want to pirate. Yeah, and I, I I I felt bad because I wouldn't steal a handbag or a car or, yeah. or keys or TV whatever or money. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. So why would I steal a film? Exactly. I think that's very important. <laughs> and then, you know, what? I'm glad that uh, the people at the British Copyright Broadcasting or whatever they're called could teach you that lesson, Charlie. Yes, I'm sure they're looking. I'm sure they'll listen to this and go. At least fair play. Yeah, at least we though. fucking least reach we, one person. There's one percent of people who just. Who don't pirate, yeah. yeah who don't Fair pirate and yeah. took our took our advice and said no, no. It was the we world's shan't. smallest clap. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the world's smallest with the two fingers just. Anyway, we should probably get to back to the Goodfellas because this is probably the most off like tangent like we've gone. Oh, it, sorry. This is my. This is well. My it, fault. It, I mean, it happens. No, it happens. It happens. It's just. It's just. I've tried to keep. I've got to try and keep us on. on no, track thank you. This is my. There's so it's just so many things that need to be spoken about this film. And we usually kind of miss out a lot of things because we end up going on on a long tangent, and yeah. you know it fills up a lot of time. And I feel like I feel like we really need to represent what okay. this film is. And okay, what do you think, Charlie? What do you want to say? And we'll talk because I, yeah, I just want to talk about Joe you Pesci. Need to come out with some fucking gold now, Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. About Joe Pesci. You want, what do you want to talk about? Joe Pesci being fifty years of age trying to portray a twenty-one-year-old man. Yes. I, do you know what it sounds like? It sounds like I keep slagging off like my favourite film of all time. I promise you, it's that's not, not what I'm doing. Um, I just have, it, it's, we're just joshing about, you know. Wait, I, just, I just want to say, Joe Pesci and his performance as Tommy. It, I think it's fucking. Uh, it is insane. Uh, we one talking, of my greatest, my favorite characters of all time, and worthy. Of, he won the Oscar for it as well. Did he? He did win the Oscar Best Supporting Actor. Wow, in, in that's yeah. that actually says an awful. I lot. think uh, I think he was the only. I believe, and I say believe because I can't prove this until I go and check Wikipedia right now. Um, yeah, for his accolades. So um, yeah, it was he was the only he was the only he won for best Porn actor and all the other nominations didn't win. So for good, is it's the only win for Goodfellas? Really, Oscars, this was yeah. the only thing they got. nominated for best picture, best director, best film editing, best adapted screenplay. Uh, best Born Actor and Best Supporting Actress for Lorraine Bracco. Well, I well I, to be fair, if there was anybody who probably deserved it. Um, He's probably Pesci in this. Unfortunately, Pesci may have became uh, a little bit typecast after this. Obviously, with Casino, Casino, and then Home Alone. Casino, Home Alone. Uh, Home Alone came out the same year, I think. As I, Goodfellas, yeah. Did Home? But fuck did it? Off. Home, fuck off! No way, Home Alone. I think came out this I think year. Home Alone might have been either eighty nine, ninety, and then number two was ninety one, ninety two. Wow! Fucking hell! Well, yeah. this is what it was. It kind of made him. 
um, probably a little bit typecast because obviously in uh, Raging Bull, he plays the sort of more mild, well-mannered, relaxed kind of guy because yeah. he's Jake LaMotta's brother, isn't yeah. he? He, he's a bit more relaxed than De Niro's character, but in this, fuck me, he is this absolutely outstanding. <laughs> Sorry, we've just seen the, we've just seen one of the funniest scenes from Goodfellas, where um, Rob De Niro goes and wakes up the policeman that are following him. <laughs> Says, "Come, come on, fuck course, let's go for a ride." Um, uh, but yeah, sorry, coming back to Joe Pesci, he does it so well. That bit we were talking about earlier. Um, when he he's he's in the they're in the restaurant. The most iconic just, the most iconic scene, isn't it? You know Oh yeah, it's got a bit Funny How. Funny how what like I'm a like clown. A clown, like I amuse you. Like I'm a clown, like I amuse you. Um yeah, just after that, uh, obviously that bit sort of encapsulates perfectly just how quickly uh Tommy Lee Simone's character can flip. Um but also you kind of see a couple of seconds later when the guy the restaurant owners saying, "Tommy, you, you know, you owe me seven, seven you, grand. You yeah. owe me seven thousand. You owe me seven thousand dollars." Him. And he fucking bottles him. He bottles him. Yeah, he, he fucking does, yeah, bottles yeah. him. He glasses him. And um, you know that probably that's probably another sort of massive thing for Pessy in terms of how good he is at showing and sort of portraying that unhinged sort of wild card of a character. Yeah, because he because he just does it so well. We did it again in Casino, but then Casino has one of the Oh, Casino! One of the, the, most the violence in Casino is. Because uh, I nearly threw up watching it's, Casino it's, for it's, the first it, time. You talk, thinking about the vice? I'm no, 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 no. I'm talking about the vice. I'm talking about when, when when he beats up when they fucking beat the fuck out of Joe Pesci's brother with a baseball bat. Yeah. And then they bury him. Then they bury the two of them alive. Um, it was. I was watching it, going, "Oh my god, I think I'm gonna be sick." Yeah. Um, because <laughs> I'd just say that's his most. I, I would say that's probably his most violent film. Because you know, yeah, I th- I think so. I think after you, after you, show a scene where somebody's brother is being beat, where you're forcing someone to watch their own brother being beaten to death, that probably yeah, that's probably the most violent one. And like you say, the yeah. fucking scene with the head in the vice is pretty that fucking makes, grisly. That just kind of makes me want to throw up. Yeah, I, yeah, because you can just see all the blood just. Pushing to yeah, the front of his face. Yeah, and just... and his eyes popping out of his head. Oh, fucking, it's, it's yeah, it's gross, disgusting. man. Yeah, it's fucking gross. Um, but yeah, coming back to Goodfellas, just... Yeah, absolutely outstanding. Absolutely outstanding piece of film. Um, we were talking a little bit earlier about the scene where they're all having dinner at Tommy's mum's house. Yeah, with... Um... And uh, it just, it's just to show how iconic De Niro is, is that still how I do my ketchup? When I when I have a glass bottle for ketchup, yeah, and I want to put you, ketchup you on the top. Method, I do yeah. the rolling thing, and yeah. I must say, it's another what. To be fair, uh, De Niro, he's hit the nail on the head because it works perfectly every time. Next time you got TGI Fridays, try it, and it is fucking fantastic. <laughs> the De Niro way, yeah. The De Niro way, and do you know what it is? Every time I do it, somebody gives me a look, a dirty look, to say you fucking watch Goodfellas, haven't you? You've seen it a lot, and obviously the answer is yes, yes, I have, yeah. Go home and shine your fucking shoebox. <laughs> Go home and fucking get your shine box. Mm. That's the one. Um, Shine your shoebox. Fuck me, man. I, I can't. I can't quote things anymore. It's been too long a day. It's been, it's been a, too long of a day. Yeah. It's been a fucking long day. Charlie's been awake for a really long time. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's um, yeah, absolute work of art. Um, we forgot to say uh, every time that they say the word fuck, 
which is at least 300 times in this film. At least 300, yeah. We have to take a drink. We do, we do. We've probably missed, missed we, we've the We've missed boat. a few, but I think we've just been doing it subconsciously. I think we might have Because been. we know when it's going to come up, because, you know, there we go, there's one more. There's, there's one more, Charlie. There's two more. Two more, fuck. That's, that's, that could be three more. Um, so, um, right, what I want to do is, is a recurring segment, which is the only recurring segment we do. Okay. Uh, because the other ones just kind of just don't fit in. Okay. So this one always serves a purpose, and I think it kind of gives a bit more an in-depth opinion against someone else's opinion. Okay, okay. So the segment is called Rotten Reviews. Okay, right. And it's where I'll read a rotten review. Yeah. And you kind of just bash the shit out of the comment if you okay, feel like it, yeah, or if man. you agree, you agree, and okay. that's what, that's what okay. I want to do. So right, I feel that, I feel that. I'm prepared, I'm prepped, I'm ready for it. We'll get into that now. Right after Tommy just died. Right after Tommy just dies, and it's fucking sad and, as fuck. Uh, isn't the one where Jimmy, before we do this, I just want to say, doesn't Jimmy somehow push the phone box over Yes, completely? he does. Yes, he does. That it's is not possible. Oh, no, it is. It is. They're only fucking, I don't know. Have you, been, you must have been to America. No, I've never Why been to America. Why do I say that like such a Tory? Uh, oh, you must have been to America, Charlie. It's lovely there. Um, obviously not that. <laughs> but... Um, Nah, they're only fucking tiny over there, aren't they? They ain't got the big red ones like ours. Um, yeah, so what, what, how, uh, we're just because I mean, they're only tiny little flimsy things, aren't they? They're just glass. But cases. how 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 is he pushing over? Like how is it not how is it not built? Because like, it's fucking Rob De Niro, man. He's a fucking tough. Look at him. He's a psychopath in this. For fuck's sake, ready, ready. We just watch it. They fucking whacked him. Fuck. <laughs> ready? He's gonna start booting it. There we go. Mm. And that's one. And I'm, I'm, I must I must say I must over. say I t- I take back. What I said about um, the Irishman and the way Bob De Niro kicks because he does the exact same thing in this film. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just the way Bob De Niro kicks. I think he's yeah, just kind of got an old man's kick. Yeah, I think that might just be a thing about Rob De Niro. He's it, clearly he's, never he's played clearly, a game He's of clearly got hip problems, you know. And yeah. I, I, he's clearly been suffering for well, a long we mustn't time. Be di- we mustn't be discriminatory on the show, Charlie. You no. Know? Fucking, you know, no ableism on the show, my G. So, you know, shouts to fucking Rob De Niro for being able to kick with his very obvious fucking hip problem. This <laughs> <laughs> very obvious. Yes, sort of impairments on on the hip. And with that, we'll um, we're get watching on. the most forced crying. I, I, why am I slagging off my favourite film of all time? Um, we're watching some of the best acting I've ever seen. To be fair, because it is Rob De Niro, but he is doing a quite a forced cry. Um, carry on though with the reviews thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm very. I love ready. that kind of abrupt like. Yeah, yeah, I, and I, carry I've on. Just re- I've just realised I was slagging off a film that I really yeah. fucking love. So. So what you're going to do instead, we're going to slag off what other people slag off. Yeah, so okay. you're, you're in this way now, you can kind of redeem yourself by hopefully having a reverse opinion. Hopefully so, yeah. So let's crack on. Let's begin. Right, so I'm going to do the first one. and Be honest. Be, be as honest as you can. Okay. Just really rip into shit if you have to. So All right, yeah, that's the, fine. The first I one comes from independent, uh, The Independent. Yeah. Uh, it's Robert De Niro is reliably dynamic and Joe Pesci's um, portrait of a gangster with a sense of humour is hit- hideously memorable, but there's no doubt that Goodfellas fights a losing battle against numbness. Against numbness? Yes. That's absolute bullshit. That's asinine. That's f- What a comment. <laughs> what, a co- what a way to start <laughs> So this is, this, is, this, is, this is the part where uh, probably what, 40, 40 to 45 minutes in that, you know, we're only now really not shitting on it, but like, you know, 
that's not really a fair kind that's of... That's bullshit. That's a fucking lie. I mean, the first few lines are fair. Fights you know, a losing battle against numbness. What the fuck does that even mean? What, do, what does it mean? What is it? It doesn't mean anything. It, it fights it, a losing battle against think, numbness. Do you think it means, you know, uh, just kind of the pacing? Do you think, they, they think the pacing's a bit slow? bollocks. Or? That's fucking bullshit. I'm not being... Sorry about my language, but I'm not being funny. This film, right, I mean, fucking... We slagged uh, the Irishman. The length. The length. Not, the, slagged, film, not yeah. the story, not the plot, not yeah, the characters, not yeah. the fucking cast. Just just the length. We slagged the Irishman for its length. Now, if somebody said that about the Irishman, I'd totally understand. understand. I'd understand if they said it's a bit numb, it's a bit feelingless, it's a bit, it's a bit fucking meh. If somebody said... When someone says this about this film, they clearly, very, very clearly, don't quite appreciate just how... High octane, how interesting, how engaging all of it is. I mean, I you know, you know, I I don't I I I don't really understand that. I don't think this feeling is. I don't think this film has ever made me go. Oh well, man. So, you, so you never like, never you never feel like. Okay, this has kind of gotten to like a, you know. Straight line. No, no. It's this constantly film, going higher and higher. Yes, this film is constantly going higher and, and then higher and then and it kind of just it just goes it this, through the roof. It gets to like the third act, and you know they're all on cocaine, and it has this cla- and cataclysmic drop where he rats everybody out, and then he's just living life in his own words. He gets to live life like a schnook, and that is just the perfect way to end this film. Is yeah. Don't do bad things, everybody, because it will come back around to bite you on the fucking ass. It, yeah, that comment is just so fucking small-minded. They must be and watching. numb and numb. Yeah, that comment isn't numb. <laughs> that comment's made me numb. It's made me go, well, meh, fuck off. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just yeah. Like, look, look at what we were watching. Currently. It's this. It's this. It's this. kind of like when he brings the handheld into it and all these like close-ups of like you yeah, know, look at that. Look at that. Really, just, or just. Kind of, Ray Lewis you know, just smashed a massive line of fucking Ching, and he's he's just he's wired, bless him. He's he's wired, and um, yeah, this is a perfect focus on how numb this film isn't. This film is not numb. This film the only is, thing numb is them. Yeah, no, they they must be numb. Well, their fucking gums are fucking numb. I think that's the only thing, isn't it? <laughs> I, think I think they're going to cross the line. I think I think like... I think this is this is kind of where like I, I appreciate the Wolf of Wall Street more for his pacing and kind of how it's a bit more entertaining. Yeah. I, I it's only because of kind of his his lifestyle was a bit more. Um, Joan Balfour was a bit more of a party party animal. Yeah, I and guess. you know he 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 was living in like a in, in like the you know the decade where like quaaludes were like you yeah. know, this massive thing and Goodfellas is kind of all about cocaine and just kind of living. But as even they, still, I guess there's probably less of an emphasis on drugs than there is in the Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf, the Wolf of Wall Street Wolf kind of plays has this massive emphasis on but that's, drugs. But that's because of kind of who, his jo- who Jordan Belfort was. Yeah, you know if you've read if you've read the book, which I haven't, the book is incredible. I'm sure. I'm, I'm, no, I'm in no ways promoting it because you know I I I don't believe that Jordan Belfort should be kind of making profit off any anything. Like so, if it, you know, he made quite a bit on the film. Yeah. I think he he recently he sued he sued some of the producers of the film because of the whole you know the whole Malaysian um, you know 
money thing. That's how they funded the film, this like Malaysian fund, and yeah, it was all illegal. And you know, I think they took DiCaprio and Scorsese and everyone to court. Oh, fuck all the producers off. of the film, and I think Belfast's right doing off. the same thing, and it's kind of. I just know I I don't I don't fuck right off fuck Jordan Belfort for that man. what a <laughs> dick he's gone he's, he's, yeah he's, he can he's trying to do it and I think he um may illegally made profit on the film when he shouldn't I I, I don't what know the dickhead. logistics of it. Wait, what no, a knob man oh. he's made fucking he said oh yeah go on then make a film about my life but yeah I'm probably gonna ping you for this in fucking four year bullshit what yes an asshole I'll I'll get into that a bit more when I when I do that when I do that episode because yeah, yeah. you know. This is this is all about good fellas. Yeah, but so, yeah. So that so fuck that comment. Fuck that it's comment. Fucking yeah. wrong. Um, it's wrong. This film is high octane, um, exhilarating, engaging, interesting. Um, everything you could ever ask from a film. It gives you this perfect up and down. It gives you such a beautiful. There's a melancholy feeling to it at the end. And yeah, yeah it's, it, it, he gets caught. It's, it's, he gets it's, caught. We're just watching the bit now. Where he's getting caught and he's getting fucking interrogated. And he's so painfully, clearly strung out on gear and has been for a long time. Um, yeah, fuck that comment. Basically, let's move on to the next one then. Yep. Is, oh, by the way, there's only four. There's only okay. four Watton reviews out of. Uh, well. Uh, I, I can't really see with the rest of them, but like four, that's pretty good. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's got a rating of 96%. I, do you know what? I think that's about right. I think the only thing anybody could ever really slag off about this film, even though I personally think it's faultless, the only thing anybody should really ever be able to slag off about this film is how realistic is it all? How much of it's been taken? I think I think I think this film is probably closer to the truth than The Irishman. Yeah, I think so. Not so much as in Wolf of Wall Street. I think The Wolf of Wall Street. I think that's why it's enjoyed more, and a lot more people kind of. It's bit. It's well, Wolf of Wall Street is a bit more every man, isn't it? Wolf of Wall Street. You don't really. You, you have to concentrate to, to figure out what's happening, but Wolf of Wall Street. You don't really have to have. Um, high levels of concentration you don't you can you can not pay attention to wolf of wall street and understand what's happening i think yeah. with this it kind of has that it, it has that kind of like a pacing on it this you one you need to understand what's happening with this film you know so the second one is from people magazine and it's while scorsese generates vivid images yeah he covered this ground in the superb mean streets in 1973 here there's nothing to learn nobody to sympathize with bullshit I know you haven't seen Mean Streets, but like you know, you don't have to worry about that comment too much. But um, I mean, I, I'm gonna. Uh, there is nobody sympathise, but there's no, they, there's no they, one. They, they don't want you to sympathise. You don't want they, to sympathise with I, Henry I Hill. Of course you know? they do. Of course they do. They were. We, we, These are not likable people. I, I, I'm not being fu- fucking Henry Hill is right. As much as Henry Hill, yes, towards the end, it probably isn't quite as likable. Yeah. We were discussing it earlier. We are fucking sad when he rats people out. Yeah. You watch Paul. You watch Paulie get taken away by the police, and you're going, "Fucking hell! I don't want him to go to prison. Bless him." He's and the ending credits when they say Paul Savino died of um, a respirat- respiratory cancer or whatever in prison. Yeah. Fucking hell! I was watching that going, "Oh, that's actually really sad." As much as Paulie's done bad things, yeah, Paulie's contributed to a really terrible... I think he's the kind of only character you probably would sympathise with. I, I don't know, as well. Fuck Jimmy? It. Jimmy, a bit, I guess. Jimmy's a bit of an arsehole because of the whole Robin thing. And um, 
Tommy, Tommy's but, death. But did you, did you, Tom, I mean, Tom, were you sad when Tommy died? I wasn't quite. I, I was sad. Kind of the only like, reason I was sad when Tommy died was because of the the the, the uh, line where they say they even shot him in the face so his mother couldn't give him an open casket at the funeral. Yeah, that was a bit. Where I was like, oh fuck, that's actually really sad. Um, I think he got what was coming to him though. Oh, you know, massively. He, With, he did some shoot, terrible things. When you shoot thing. like that, fucking that scene when he's shooting Spider at death because he didn't make his drink quickly enough. Like, yeah, what an arsehole. I think that's that's another one that's absolute fucking horse shit. They're clearly not tuning into the film as much as they should be. This scene here, so literally look at we've, what, what we've got on screen right now. The man is sleeping with a gun in his hand. Uh, we've just come away from the scene where he says the words, I had this terrible feeling that I was going to leave prison and get killed straight away. Yeah. Fucking hell, that... I mean, it doesn't matter who that is, unless it's somebody really, really terrible. Yeah. You're going, oh, fucking hell. But it's the thing, is, it's like, it doesn't matter how how close or how much of a family they are, you know. I'm putting on quite, quite a family, now. yeah. You're never safe. No, You're, ne- you're never not, safe yeah. in this kind of lifestyle, you know. You, 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 you do one wrong thing and you're walking on eggshells because you think you're going to get whacked. Yeah, yeah. And then he spends the last, what, half hour kind of... Scared about getting scared killed. about getting killed, you know. Yeah. Is it half hour? I, I'm not quite sure. Um, not sure, but look at look at this now. Spends the last like yeah half hour just kind of like you know he's speaking to everyone. I think he needs the he takes money from Paulie and yeah. Look 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 now. You're all I've got, Paulie. You're all I've got. Look at how much does that mean, Paul Savino. Look at this. He gives him fucking what is it, three three grand? Hey, oh, we'll see in a second. Wait there. Wait there it's yeah. the it's the bit. Was is it um where Jimmy is trying to take uh get Karen to go into this into this building and yeah, then she kind of yeah. walks off and because yeah, she, she she's away. also afraid that she's going to get whacked and she probably would have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would have popped her. Well, they say that in the last scene, don't they? They say, yeah, we, we, this is the only way you can keep yourself and your family safe. Yeah. Um, Doesn't he bother? Th- here we go. It's $3,200. $3,200. He's just given a life... T- there we go. That's what he gave me for a lifetime. Um, Henry Hill dedicated all of his fucking life to... To poorly, poorly. Yeah. Um, I d- how can you not feel for him? He's a young lad who's been dragged into this gangster. Well, not dragged, admittedly. He wanted to be. I mean, he, he does say, you know, he wanted to be a gangster. As far as far back as uh, I knew, I was meant to be a gangster, or however the quote goes. Mm. I probably um, <laughs> messed that one up again. But yeah, I, 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 that's another fucking... I'm sorry, I'm not saying it's just to be controversial, but again, fuck that comment, because <laughs> it's just wrong. Again, you have to feel for these people. It doesn't matter what they've done. You know, you, you I, Jordan, I think, Jordan I, Belfort I think that's, is... I think that's the kind of the problem. They they weren't feeling for it, so they, they didn't get they didn't latch on to these what characters. Was they fucking wrong, Charlie? They, they couldn't... They couldn't see the humanity in these characters. No, I mean, some um, of them. Do, I mean, Tommy definitely doesn't have an ounce of humanity. It's, in him. You know, you're not looking at Tommy. Guys same, same him. with Jimmy. I, I, for me, I, I for me, my, my main focus of sympathy is on Karen, um, the kids, Karen, the Tommy's kids, mum, Henry, Tom, yeah, Tommy's mum. Tommy's mum. You feel terrible for Tommy's mum. And mom. Paulie, because as we said, you know, he, he's done some terrible things, but you know, in the end, he's, at the end, he's, just he's an always old been there he's for Henry. It. You know, yeah, yeah, he looked after fucking Henry. So yeah, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be controversial, but again, sorry, People fuck Magazine, fuck people, that comment. Fuck you, People Magazine. Get someone else to watch the Ross Clark film because that would, <laughs> fuck off, man. So we got the third one is from Variety, and it's just four words: colorful, but dramatically unsatisfying. Dramatic. What does that mean? Dramatically so, unsatisfying. 
I t- and, oh, and, and I'm sorry, as we as we as I say this, this we're we're on the scene now where Jimmy tells Karen to go into this into this building, and then this is kind of where she knows that if she enters that building, she's gonna get killed. Do you remember the first time you watched this film? How is this not dramatically? I was just dramatically unsatisfying. Do you you remember the first time you watched this film? Yeah. Do you remember being fucking scared for her life? Yeah, I thought she was going to die. Yeah. You see this? Look at this. Look at this bit. Run down fucking building. You're looking at it going, oh my fucking God. She is going to die. They're going to kill her. And that's going to be the end of it. Bang, turn, face two men. Look back at Jimmy. Jimmy's saying go inside. She's not going inside. She's fucking scared. She knows science up and running away. Because how the fuck is that dramatically unsatisfying? That's one of the most what intense is, What do they fucking want? Do they want her to die? Do they want her to die? Do they want a mother to die? I'm sorry. I, dramatically unsatisfying is not a way to describe this film. Like I previously said, it has everything. Every single thing you could ever want from a film. Sadness... Uh, moments of jubilation, a really great plot line. I mean, obviously, it's taken from a true story, but a really great plot line. Uh, the, the shots are artistic. Um, uh, you know, fear, threat, dread. I, I, it's got everything. But, but, I mean, the drama really does kick in full force in Act 3. But. Dramatically unsatisfying. It's such a load of horse shit. Colourful, totally, 100%. Colourful is a great way of describing it, but fuck me. Fucking dramatically unsatisfying. Fuck me. Fuck me. Fuck me. Uh, dramatically uns- unsatisfying is is bullshit. It's it's nearsighted. It's short-sighted. Dramatically unsatisfying. I, I, do you know what this all sounds like to me, Charles? It sounds like artsy, fartsy critics who are going, well, I'm sorry, but, you know, there's no grand piano in any of this, so we shan't like it. Do you feel like it's kind of like one of those Pulp Fiction things where... It's it's kind of bad to like Pulp Fiction now. Like if if someone turned on and said, oh. "Is it bad to like Pulp Fiction now?" I don't know. Well, there's kind of like I won't say there's like a taboo against it, but there's definitely kind of this feeling of you know whenever you have a discussion about Pulp Fiction or whenever you mention that Pulp Fiction is you know in your top ten or it's your favorite film, you kind of get this hate towards you where it's like, well, of course, you know, Pulp Fiction is, you know, obviously it's, it's Tarantino's most famous film. Ask Goodfellas is possibly Scorsese's Pulp Fiction. I, I, do you see... Do, do, I, I get it, I but see the correlations in between. And, there's a reason films and music and theatre shows and art pieces do well, and that's because they are really appealing. I love Wonderwall because it's a great song. song yeah. It's a fucking brilliant song. I, I don't love Wonderwall because everyone else loves Wonderwall. Yeah. I love Wonderwall because it's a fucking brilliant song. I love Goodfellas because it's a brilliant, brilliant film. Song. I love Cocoa Pops because they're a brilliant breakfast cereal, you know? There's a, re- <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason. That's the greatest comparison ever. There's a reason people like things. There's a reason yeah. something has broad appeal. Just because something has broad appeal doesn't mean that it's then shit and you have to it's shit so- all over it. It's a social it. kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I'm, I, yeah, once again, artsy-fartsy critics who... Yeah. It's just, it worked the same thing with Joker, remember? I See, I've never seen Joker either. But you've seen, you know, the kind of... like you seen know. The Dark Knight and... Um, we we have a minor disagreement over the yes. Dark Knight, don't we? But we, we shan't talk it's, about it's that. Be, it's been it's been mentioned like multiple times before. If you if you we we shan't touch on it, Charles. My it, friend. It, it, it did it did it did stem from a conversation we had at work. 
Good. I'm glad. Um, uh, yeah, that's kind of where it came from. And yeah, yeah we'll, <laughs> we, we'll stay we'll away. We'll talk about that. We'll talk. Yeah, we won't talk about that. So right yeah, now. that's. I'm sorry. That's that's three for three so far that have been utter utter horse shit. Yes. And they're not tuning into it. I don't know where these critics um, come from in terms of uh, sort of social background, uh, financial background, um, sort of family heritage. But as somebody who grew up where the organised crime lifestyle wasn't necessarily prevalent, yeah. but was certainly an option for a lot of 14, 15, 16, 17 year old kids um, to make money quickly. Yeah. I was watching this film going, fuck, well, fuck me, I'm glad it weren't me who did it. I'm glad yeah. it weren't me who did it. Well, I had friends who were, go, were dealing we're dealing drugs and sort of, you know, beating shit out of people and doing the stuff that Henry Hill was doing, you know, setting fire to cars and doing really fucking dark stuff. I don't, like I say, I don't know where these critics come from, but I highly doubt they come from the kinds of backgrounds where that was an option for them, which may leave them feeling alienated from this kind of art. You know, you if you, if you don't grow up in an area where that's an option, yeah. I, I didn't grow up in 1980s Brooklyn or whatever, but I, Okay. You know that's why that's why what kind of comes within the, the Scorsese films is that he grew up. Was it he broke up in Brooklyn? Yeah, I don't know about Brooklyn. It was definitely New York. I th- it was definitely he grew up New in York. New York. Um, so luck before we before we carry on. Yeah, it was definitely New York. I know that much. It was definitely New York. He grew up in Queens, so he his family went to Little uh, Little Italy in Manhattan. Um, so pretty much like he kind of grew up with all this uh, kind of organized crime around him so he, you know he made Mean Streets which is probably his his most personal film mm. you can tell when you watch it you, you can feel like you know he's put his every ounce of blood sweat and tears into that yeah like he does his other films but that one there's, there's definitely like a personality to it where and there's also a realism to it compared to these films these are a bit more over the top these are obviously based on real people yeah um, but Mean Streets is a complete you know original idea and and it's it's based like most of the characters are based on people that he's he's actually met or that he he was aware of and that people well, that existed in this organized crime kind of unit where he was from well this is what it is and and like i say i i, I don't mean to slack off the people giving these reviews i'm sure they're lovely people but they must be so disassociated from any kind of place where they would see this because if you really feel like like there's no adventure to this film because this is what this is how I saw these kind of gang these old time gangsters growing up was they were the modern day pirates yeah. they were pirates of the modern day they were fucking cool they had the jewellery that a pirate would have the sort of swagger that a pirate would have this all this really cool stuff and like I say even growing up where that was an option I suppose to get involved in those kinds of things you still see you, you know how a pirate at, ends or you know how films about pirating end um and you, you see how films like these end they end with people yeah. fucking dying or going to prison for a long time or having to go into witness protection so you stay away from it so yeah uh, Even for the so, third like, time yeah. fuck that comment are they not seeing the entertainment in it as well of course not i mean, I mean they must see that it's an entertain i mean they must see this i just enter- don't get I, I i'm still trying hard to grasp what they mean by dramatically unsatisfying it is the most what dramatically you... satisfying film I've seen 
Possibly ever. Possibly ever. I mean, it's it's one of the all time great gangsters. It's probably the second greatest gangster film behind Good a Good the Godfather. Not good. Yeah, the Godfather. The, the Godfather, the Godfather is obviously the almighty Godfather of. Um, Funnily enough, <laughs> fun, enough, the Godfather <laughs> of of, <laughs> of organized crime. Uh, films, films yeah. you know, when because of, of detail, because of attention to detail, attention to detail is so important in these kinds of films, and is so well sort of focused on in, in, in this, in what Scorsese does. So look at this final bit we're getting through here, where he's talking to the camera. We have this perfect feeling, Henry Hill. If we ran everything, we paid off cops, we paid off lawyers, we paid off judges. They had all this power. This is something and weird. It's incredible. We are on the, the the courtroom scene, and I think this is the first time where Henry Hill actually addresses the camera. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, and it it's a bit off putting. It's kind of like have you seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I haven't known. There's no no spoilers for you anyway. Uh, but uh, what's his name now? Uh, fucking Kurt Russell. So Kurt Russell narrates the film. He also stars oh, right. in it, right? Uh, for like one scene. But this he, bit here he, is also really important. That's taken from an old-time gangster film as well. The shooting down the barrel of the camera. I, yeah, I, I forget what it's from. But yeah, it's from an old-time gangster film about something. Yeah, here we go. Look at this. So the ending bit. It's just fucking... It's all very dark. But carry on anyway. Sorry, I can't cross you there. So Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is narrated by Kurt Russell. And by that, I mean I use that term loosely. So... It's not really narrated. Um, he has a few lines at the start. It, it kind of feels like it doesn't need to be there. And, and it's, it, that reminded me that there is... Um, it's a bit unnecessary to just have that one kind of addressing kind of walking shot where he hasn't used the first of the film. Just yeah. kinda, it just kind of comes up nowhere and you're like, whoa. Yeah, but you then know. I think that surprise is really good. Um, also, to call it dramatic. Or, th- or do you think it's do you think it's done in a way, so as he narrates the film throughout the entire film, right? He's narrating it. So is, so is Karen, you know. Yeah. Lorraine Baraka is, is narrating it. Um, do you think it kind of like comes to like the ending because it's literally one of the last shots of the film. It's one of the last three shots of the film. Yeah. Um, do you think that it's kind of Scorsese's way of kind of bringing that narration to an end as well, as not just ending the story and the plot and everything. He's ending this narration in his own kind of form, I mean, where it, it, it comes off where Henry Hill is like, it's it's supposed to be Henry Hill retelling, you know, it's it's his, his retelling of his entire kind of yeah, um, his entire life within this is is crime in this crime crime. Um, I don't know. I, I, yeah, it's just incredible. And his, his narration and Karen's narration is actually them on on the stand, yeah. explaining all the kind of leading up to where they got then, and then that when he comes off the stand then and addresses the camera, that's the end of his narration. Yeah, I think I'm seeing it in a different way now. I don't I know. Really I, thought about it like that I, before. I, I, I don't know. I just think like even though I did some slagging of it earlier today. Um, I just think it's 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 a bit faultless. And uh, do you know what? Right, going back to what it said about being dramatically unsatisfying. Do you know what? I think maybe it would be dramatically unsatisfying if we didn't find out what happened to him at the end. Obviously, we get the flashes of you know how the story ends for pretty much every character. Um, yeah. We well, find the, out the what title happened. cards and all that. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. We find out. We find out what happens to Henry. We find out what happens to Paul. We find out what happens to Jimmy. Yeah. So and Karen and Karen, so dramatically unsatisfying is so unfair because even though the film ends where it does, it 
at least we fucking find out what happens to everyone, you know? Yeah. So dramatic. So three for three, bullshit. Fuck that comment. Let's see if it's a four for four. Let's see if, Let's see if it's a four, four, four. So this one's from filmcritter.com and it says, compared to less nitpicky gangster fare, Goodfellas still falters. Could, could you repeat the quote for me, please? So <laughs> it's compared to less nitpicky gangster fare, Goodfellas still falters. In what? In I don't what? know. In what? What is it faltering? I d- oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Oh, so what, what we're what getting here is, right, is, is that they're saying that this film is very nitpicky, um, which I mean it kind of has to be, you know, if it's based on real events, you know, it, it kind of has to it choose has to, its it moments. Has you know, it le- has to choose its dramatic moments. It has to have a level of realism. But still falters. That. What's it faltering? Like what? What's is, faltering what like? is it faltering? Oh, fuck me! This is just. This is. Just it's, uh, if it does feel like each each kind of review or comment. Or, is the same thing, but just worded differently. Oh, mate, yeah, exactly that. It's just fucking... I, it, it all just seems very short-sighted, very... Um, very sort of uh, hoity-toity. Uh, I'm a critic, and I'm a film critic, and I know all these things about film, so I'm going to say... I'm going to slag this off um, without any real reason. That's kind of what I'm getting from it. I'm getting this... I, I, I need to find something to slag off. Yeah, it, it, and because it's an it is an almost perfect it, I, film. I just I don't know where it falters. The only thing, the only thing where it might falter is the age thing. The yes, age thing. Yeah. Yeah, the age thing. And that is not even a big deal. That don't even fucking matter because, because it's, it's not the same as the Irishman. Where because it's, it's not the same as the Irishman. We're watching an eight-year-old bloke trying to kick the fuck out of someone. So like a twenty-year-old. <laughs> uh, I think we. I think we can settle that and, and say that's a four for four. That's a four for four. Bullshit. <laughs> uh, fuck every single one of those because they're all horse shit. I'm sorry, they are. They're I just want to say I think we've probably hit the highest record on this on these episodes of the most times we've sworn. But I think it fits perfectly within the film I think choice, for, so for Goodfellas, I think it's know. about right. I I, I do apologise for my language. Should my mother it's end fine, up, it's well, fine, it's should fine, my mother end know. up listening to this, I am really sorry, Mum. Um, I I promise you, I don't usually talk like this. Should Charlie's mum listen to this as well? I am sorry. Um, <laughs> it's only because we've been watching Goodfellas and the the F words and the S words have gotten in. We're me. getting caught. Like you know, next minute we're going to be kicking the shit out of people now, and we're going to be burning people, and we're going to be sh- smoking whacking people, smoking cannabis, smoking and, cannabis, and and, and rolling doobies, and, rolling doobies, and, and 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 I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen, Charlie. But this film is yeah, yeah it's just what the. This film has just burrowed in our minds, yeah. only to create an incessant pain. <laughs> well, so one thing I want to do is, you haven't heard what Martin Scorsese said about the Marvel films. I haven't, no. Because um, I want to wrap up this kind of episode with just a few bits of news, uh, mainly containing Marvel films. Yeah, yeah, because it's good. Focus kind of on that do. stuff, um, yep. But before I do that, I feel like, as we've done the Rotten Reviews... Yep. Yep. You need to hear what Martin Scorsese says about Marvel films because you're not, a, you're not, a, you're I'm not a big Marvel fan. No, I, do you know what I fucking loved growing up? I loved Spider Man. Spider Man was like the the most I ever got into that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, Spider Man was my favorite. And oh shit, no, I loved X Men. 
as X-Men, well. Yeah. X-Men was super cool. Um, Wolverine was fucking sick. Um, These are films or the comic books? Are you? Uh, more the films, I guess. But then I never saw the film Wolverine. I just saw the, like two of the X-Men films and I saw all of the Spider-Man films. And you know what actually was surprisingly good? Uh, Venom. Venom, yeah. I was actually shocked. You liked Venom? I loved Venom. I was actually really shocked by how good Venom was. It probably helped that um, the two leading characters were... Brits, not <laughs> not in like a not in like a Brexit means Brexit way, but in a because Brexit does mean Brexit. Because Brexit, uh, yeah. For anyone listening, Brexit does <laughs> indeed mean Brexit. Um, by the but, way, we do not endorse Brexit. By the way, yeah, absolutely no endorsement. Just, just, just no just endorsement of Brexit. Um, yeah, fuck Brexit. Um, but kind of moving away from the subject of Brexit, <laughs> move back um, on to the uh, uh, yeah, like the boy Riz Ahmed who plays Riz Ahmed, yeah, Four Lions, yeah, yeah, Riz Ahmed from Four Lions had, had this incredible, beautiful rap career um, as MC Riz. Re- did you not know that? I did not know that. That uh, is absolutely incredible. Um, did uh, he did rap battles for a little while? He released a few really, really great songs. Really funny. There's one tune that he did. I forget the name of it. Um, which was I, I, you know what, I'll show you after the podcast. Um, absolutely fucking outstanding. But yeah, Riz Ahmed and Tom Hardy, two Brits in America playing American characters or people who are supposed to be American, was a fucking brilliant. And the, the the switch over between moments of comedy and moments of horror in Venom, I fucking yeah, I loved Venom. Are you excited for the second one then? Yes, yeah, I am. I will be go. I've never actually gone to the cinema to watch. Uh, listen to fucking how old I am cinema Um, well this is the thing right cinema so Martin Scorsese says the Marvel films aren't real cinema okay why why not uh, does he explain so he, he says he said uh, I said honestly the closest I can think of them as well as well made as they are with actors doing the best they can in the circumstances it's just they're just theme parks it isn't cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to another human being. As, do what, 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 how do you feel about that? Because, I mean, you haven't seen I'd, any of the MCU not, films, have you? Yeah, you haven't I'm, seen Iron Man or Avengers or Yeah, I'm not, I'm not big on the Marvel thing, but I think that's a bit pissy of him to say. I think that's kind of him shitting on someone else's creative identity. I don't yeah. like that. I think that's I think that's piss poor. As a bloke who probably had a lot of his ideas turned down as a younger fella... I think to go and then shit on something yeah. that... Because this is the thing. Marvel films, yeah, as much as they might not be... Um, you it's know, kind of poetic cinema. Yeah. <laughs> as much as they might not be applicable to like everyday life and stuff, like I'm never going to be bitten by a spider and be able to like, you know, shoot things at my hands and go... Pew, pew, and all that kind of business. Um, they're still so relatable. So growing up, like growing up as... You know, I, I was sound growing up, but like having mates who looked a little bit like Peter Parker or whatever, yeah. Um, and to know that you know there was that almost that hope, you know, there, there. Maybe he will get bitten by a spider. Maybe and... one of my mates will get bitten by a spider and turn into Spider Man. You know, that'd be fucking sick. Um, but yeah, I think that's really I think, fucking. I think pissy th- they're, 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 they're definitely there to entertain, and I think that I, I'm not the great defender in terms of uh, the Marvel films and superhero films generally, but that's really fucking shitty. Yeah. That's really shitty. I don't like that one bit. That's him pissing on somebody's, um, you know, sort of intellectual property. And do you know what I mean? Like if, like if you wrote a poem, Charlie, 
Yeah. And I read it and I went, well, this poem doesn't convey human emotions or whatever he said. Yeah. I wouldn't then piss on it and go, Charlie, this poem doesn't create, you know, this poem doesn't give me, make me feel anything. I wouldn't then sit down and say like, you know, I'm very pleased with how you've written it and you've done a good job on this, but... Because it's that butt, isn't it? It's, it's not. It's not poem. It's 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 not a poem. It's, it's, not very it's good, just it's not words very good on a poem. page. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind. Of, that's kind of what he's saying. <laughs> but like, I'm a massive fan of the Marvel films. You know, especially some of the new. You know, the newer films where you know Kevin Feige, who's the you know kind of the all maker of every. You know, yeah. he's, he's he's the fucking guy. You know, he's. Big boss man, you know. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, he's not the big boss. Man, he's not the big boss man, but he, he is the creative director, I believe, of Marvel. Well, that's a pretty, that, that's a so pretty big the, boss. He man. is the fucking big boy of Marvel. The big boss. Um, so, <laughs> I think that as as art, they're fucking perfect. I, or then you're perfect. I I can understand what he gets by a theme park because technically yeah. I, I I can see I can kind of see the metaphor in that yeah but yeah. I don't agree that it's not real cinema because it's just pissing on someone it's just really that that's 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 saying like oh okay it's it's a bad example but if I took a picture on my phone yeah. and then and then a photographer took a photo on their camera yeah and they said you're not a real photographer they are right. <laughs> They are a hundred percent right. Just like he's saying, it's not real cinema, but they're still both fucking photos. Yeah. Just as the same <laughs> as these are both films, right? Do you know what? That's possibly the worst <laughs> kind of way to think of it, but that's how I see it. They're still the same thing, regardless of who made it. And also, you've got these amazing directors like Scott Derrickson, who did Doctor Strange, this great horror director, who unfortunately isn't coming back for the sequel. To create differences and whatnot, yeah, yeah. you've got James Gunn, one of the one of the amazing visual director. He 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 fucking knows how to make a great ensemble flick. You know, John Favreau. One of the, the list goes on. Taika Waititi. You know, yeah. I just, I yeah. One of the most I, one of the most interesting directors uh, come, coming to I Hollywood just, right now. I you just know? think he's he's really he's really fucking he's he's overstepping a mark there. Yeah. Because like I say, as much as I love Goodfellas, as much as I love Casino, as much as I love Wolf of Wall Street, I never wanted to be Jordan Belfort. I never wanted to be Henry Hill. I never wanted, wanted to, to be Sam Rothstein. Yeah. I wanted to be Spider Man. Yes. I wanted to be the Wolverine. You know what I mean? Yes. So, I regardless mean, of their kind of... Regardless of how may, how they may not be I, relatable and how they may not perfectly convey human emotion. I mean, you, I mean, you don't... Did you ever relate to Spider-Man? I mean, I feel like every... I fucking... Course, yeah, man. I, mean, I still relate to Spider-Man in, in some ways. Yeah, you know? Spider-Man was fucking great. And like, you know, one of the fucking... I mean... Um, when I was in year six, you know, uh, shout out, shout out, Mr. Taylor. If should you be listening to this as well, he put on, um, he put on like a leaving card for me when I left primary school. Yeah. He was like, um, "You've done very well, Tom. All this business," um, and he said, "But with great power comes great responsibility." I had that told to me as like a like a fucking eleven year old. Like you had kid. your own Uncle Ben. Peter like I, yeah, there. man. Like I had like like I was eleven years of age. Do you know what I mean? Like as much as as much as he might be right, he might well be right. Yeah, it might not perfectly convey human emotion because. But at the end of the day, fuck me. These people aren't meant to be human. They're called yeah. superheroes like, for a reason. I think. I think. The theme park I think thing it I does convey the emotion really well. I mean, 
if you've seen Endgame and I which I haven't sorry oh, okay uh, I d- are you gonna say fuck you? I was gonna say spoilers, but uh, I, 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 Thanos kills everyone. That is an Infinity War. Okay, sorry. The end game is uh, them trying the remainder of the Avengers trying to uh, find the stones, Infinity Stones, to reverse what Thanos did. He wiped out half the half the universe with the click of his fingers. He collected all these stones, whatnot. Right. I'm assuming. Um, uh, yeah, spoil it for me, my love. I'm not going to watch it. Oh, it's a spoiler, so anyone who hasn't seen Endgame, I mean, if you haven't seen Endgame at this point, I mean, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, if you're it's, it's been out almost a year now. Yeah, I even feel I, I, I'm like I said, I'm not <laughs> even that big on Marvel. I've, 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 you know, I've really backed it in this conversation, but I'm not even that big on Marvel. So yeah, spoil it for me, Charles. It's this whole thing. So basically, the entire MCU is built right, right at this point. This Infinity Saga, these these all 22, 23 films. It starts off with Iron Man. And Robert Downey Jr. is the face of Marvel at this, uh, you know, this point. Still is in everyone else's minds, you know. He'll never kind of, you know, you'll never think twice. He'll always kind of be in the background, just there, you know. Um, I don't know if he is for me. So I'm sorry to cut across again, but I don't yeah. know if he is. I, he's not their biggest attraction for me. Because I know, because would it be fair in saying Iron Man is Marvel's version of Batman? He is, yeah. Well, he's a genius billionaire. Yeah. Playboy philanthropist, eh? Yeah, never really got that. Why I'd never really like the it's Batman films. It's the whole films. point because um, he kind of he's kind of like the glue that holds the MCU together. Yeah. And he passes on his kind of mantle to Peter Parker, who then is possibly going to be the new face of Marvel. You know, and they delve in that on in the the, the recent Spider-Man film because it comes out after Endgame. Okay. Um, Tony Stark dies in Endgame. Right. He sacrifices himself to save the universe. Blah 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 blah. But this kind of this kind of thing where it's like you've kind of followed this guy. He's been in almost every Marvel film. He's been at least half of them, even if it's just a cameo. And then him saying that it it doesn't convey emotional psychological experiences with other human beings. You know, thousands, probably millions of people cried when he died. I mean, I can guarantee you when, um, when, oh, bloody hell. I've never been more angry in my life, probably, than the scene when, um, in the scene where Spider-Man, or no, I tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll switch that. I've never been happier than when Spider-Man is about to get, or Peter Parker, Tobey Maguire is about to get beaten up by the bully in the hole. Flash Thompson, yeah. Um... Yeah, Flash. Is it the one where he has the spider sense and then? Yeah, and he like... did, he didn't he doesn't even realise he has it. Yeah, and he moves out the fucking way. And he's like, whoa, that's oh, it. Right. Um, they call that a Pete the Peter Tingle in the new Spider-Man. <laughs> Please but tell it, me it, that's but, a fucking joke. They call it, it but the, the thing is though, it's like, a joke. It's a joke made by Aunt May, so she refers to it as his Peter Tingle. Um, <laughs> hopefully, but his next appearance. It's it's fucking spider sense, but I think it's a wonderful little joke because he's still a teenager, so he's kind of got this, you know, these stupid little. And he does, and he does, and he's Peter so Tingle is, you know, is supposed he, to be kind of like it's a like willy this, joke, this, isn't it? It's this a, kind of puberty, you know. It's a joke about his wink. It's, it's it's a joke about jizz, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which are important jokes to be made. And obviously, Spider Man does shoot webs. Yeah. You know, from, so from, fuck from, you, Martin Scorsese. <laughs> as much as as much as yeah, you've created some fantastic films. You've never made dick jokes. I just so. want to say, like, there's one one bit of news I just want to mention, and it's Thor, 
Thor. That's really weird to say. It's called Thor Love and Thunder. And I'm assuming it's number four. It's in the there. fourth one. It's actually the first, apart from the Avengers, it's yes. the first of of like the solo kind of uh, characters. He's the first one to have his fourth film. Really? It's directed by Taika Waititi. Christian Bale is going to be the main villain. Okay. Christian Bale. He's yeah. good. He's wonder, good at what he I does. Wonder. He's another Welshman. Um, Although he hates being... He hates being referred to as a Welshman. He, he considers himself, He considers himself English, apparently. What a turn. I'm fucking English. I think he was either and born... he's in, a turncoat bastard. I think he might have been born somewhere like Pembrokeshire. Well, I hope so, because if he... If somebody... If an Englishman went abroad and said, oh, no, I'm American, fuck off, geez. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Because <laughs> I've been wondering this for a while, actually, if Chris and Bill is, is in fact... He's Welsh, isn't he? He's an English actor, it says... He was, bo- he was born in Haverford West in Pembrokeshire. Which so would be right. Wales? So that's West Wales. Right. West um, Wales? That's miles uh, away from Well, it's not, it's not far from where we are. So it's probably about two hours away. Wow. And he's, he's English, is he? So he is English. Right? He is, is, his nationality is English. His citizenship is UK and US. So he was born there, but he's got English parents. And he lived in. I think he believe, I believe he lived in England as well. So he was just born in Wales. Maybe maybe they oh. were on a family trip, and, and you know he was out, like little Christian, little Christian, yeah, a little Christian's gonna and pop he, out. He, he, he popped out doing fucking press ups, ready to do Batman Begins. Yeah, do you know what? Though? I think that's another thing. While we're touching on that, um, I never really got any of the DC things. You know what I mean? I never really got the thing with Batman. Because I couldn't relate to a multi-millionaire. Um, I never really got a thing with Superman because, you know, I'm not a Martian from a different country. And the Kryptonite, I don't even know. Does Kryptonite exist? Is that a real thing? What, in real life? Yeah. No. Oh, right. Well, this is what I mean. Like, <laughs> there's not one thing. It made me think it was real. <laughs> there's, not, there's not one thing in the world that could kill me. Like, there's loads of shit that could kill me. Um, but Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Oh my, oh my god, do you know what I mean? And like, and like fucking Wolverine and X-Men, like we've all felt a little bit weird, haven't we? Yeah. Like there's always been a point in our lives where we've got, oh fuck, like, am I super weird? Is that why no one wants to be my mate? Um, <laughs> and like, that's what Wolverine feels like, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, you, you must have done it as well, Charlie. Like the first time you get given like plastic knives, you know, you put them in like the... the, the yeah, you put them in your knuckles and pretend yeah, you're Wolverine. And yeah, pretend, I used to, and fucking pretend you're Wolverine, isn't it? I used um, to like run around climbing walls thinking I was Spider-Man, do you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so, I, so all I wanted to be, I was Spider-Man. Yeah, I wanted oh, to be Oh, I'm Daredevil, but I actually could see. <laughs> I've done it, man. I don't <laughs> That's another one. I'm really sorry. I've never seen Daredevil either. But yeah, so... So yeah. yeah, um so I think Scorsese's wrong with that, unfortunately. Uh I'd love to sit here and defend him. Um But we've spent the entire hour and a half doing so. Uh, with good yeah. fellas. So Yeah, with good fellas. I yeah. I feel like I, I feel like I mentioned it earlier and you said you've never heard of these things and I just felt like I wanted to know your opinion on it. I yeah, I I he's 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 wrong, bless him. He's not right, he's he's unfortunately very wrong because at the end of the day it's these these films have such a massive outrage. These yeah. films, you know, brighten up kids who are getting shit at school, people who are getting picked on, all that kind of business. It brightens up their fucking days. Going home and watching Spider-Man and saying, oh, fuck, like, that could be me one day. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? One day I could practice at 
you know, judo or whatever, and I could be like Peter Parker one day. Obviously, it's, diff- it's just different kind of art. It's it's it's, it's different kind of art. It's, it's That's diff- what it is. It's, it's the same as different forms of any type of you yeah. know creative. It's it's like it's like um it'd be like him if he was uh, in an indie band, for yeah. example, and you know someone showed him a Rihanna track, and he was like, no, that's not really music. Yeah, and you get that kind of that whole kind of thing. Yeah, with, it's, it's you know people hate, hate pop music, or people hate heavy music, or people yeah, hate all these rock it's, music, and yeah, it's just it's, cla- it's, it's um it's, it's still it, it still doesn't not make it. It's still it's still fucking music. It's still fucking these music. Still it's films. still films. They're like, all the same thing. You're all films, regardless of who's made it. They're both perfect. All all beautifully crafted films. They should leave it at that. There's no need for these com- like yeah. these kind of like, I don't, like I don't watch I don't watch anime. I don't watch anime. That's not. Out but you of, can appreciate. That's not out of me fucking hating anime. That's not because I think people who make anime are not trying to make like a statement, and you know, like anime is wrong to watch or whatever. Or you know, you can't really create. You can't. You sort of fuel human emotion or, or whatever he said. Um, but I'm not gonna shit on it. Yeah, I'm still not gonna fucking shit. I'm not gonna like. I don't. I don't choose. It's still, in. it's still art that someone else has created. Yeah, someone's created. So you either someone, enjoy it or you don't. Someone, this is someone's love child. Do you know what I mean? Someone could yeah. have spent ten years trying to make the perfect piece of anime, and like, just, I'm not gonna be, like. Even if I don't like it, I'm not gonna sit there and shit on it because yeah. at the end of the day, that's someone's creative identity, isn't it? That's someone's creative ideology. And it kind of feels like he's not really giving a. Um, he's not giving it a fair try. He's not really giving it a fair try. I, I, I think I think he's part of that. He is part of that generation. I'm not going to say boomer because I I I I, I think that's okay, an, boomer. That's an unfair kind of comment to give. You know, it, I think he comes from that generation of where, like, you know, the kind of films he was brought up using. They were they were kind of more like they were just films. And yeah. It, it, like I see it as more of like okay, you got films and you got movies. So movies for me are more like these kind of like this modern era. Of these kind of like sequels and like superhero films yeah, and yeah. just all these mass entertainment. It's just there for you to just sit there, eat your popcorn, drink your drink, and just fucking switch off for two to two and a half hours. Switch off, switch off. And See then if you really want to happen, get yeah. and delve into like a really hard gripping story or like you know just some beautiful cinematography and like great blocking and you know great yeah. pacing and structure go and, fucking watch you know, Scorsese go, go film, watch man. go watch a film like a Scorsese film or a Tarantino film or mm. a Fellini film or a Paul Thomas Anderson film or yeah something you know, else something else this is you know this all these there's all these great directors they're all doing their own thing yeah so don't kind of I don't think I think it's unfair for him to call it a theme park even though they have turned some of them into theme parks yeah well, but, but then that's that's you know that's that's for sort of general appeal and stuff and it, it might be a theme park. He might be right with that. But to say you can't connect with it. Yeah. To say that it doesn't show humanity and all this business and it doesn't show human emotion that you can really feel is just is uh, is just wrong. He's just totally wrong. And this is coming and this is coming from a lad who, who, who you know, I was interested in playing football and yeah. Like doing all the fucking uh, the quote unquote normal boy stuff, and I still fucking related with it. Yeah. Even if I could still look at it and go, oh shit, yeah, this is banging. What, you know, fucking, why can't he? Like, I, 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 I don't know. Like I say, I suppose he probably comes from a different school, but yeah, it's what it is. Like, but yeah, with that, I think we could 
end this. Yeah, yeah, end I this think perfect, so. Perfect little ending. Perfect on little ending. Yeah. Good fellas. I'd like to say thank you for having me. Yeah, Charlie. I was going to say thanks for coming on. No, thank you for having me, my friend. It's, it's been, been good. It's been good. It's been good, fella. It's been good, fella. It's been very <laughs> that good. That was my last you shitty get, joke. You know, you're going to like this guy. He's a good fella. He's a good fella. Uh, he's a very wise he's, guy. He's a very wise guy. No, on yeah. a very more on a more serious note, thank you very much for having me on here, mate. Yeah, man, um, it's good fun. Good fun. And yeah, I thank you very much. I can't wait to do it again, mate. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very excited. Very excited for that prospect. Right, well, with that. You know, thanks for listening to the Conversationist podcast. You can check us out on Facebook, Conversationist podcast, Instagram, the same, Twitter at TCI underscore podcast. And check out Hill Rap Productions on YouTube for more videos and different channels and other stuff that you can get into. Yeah, so that was Goodfellas and I'm Charlie Pitson. I'm Tom Cochlin. Uh, thanks for coming on again, man. And no problem, brother. Thank you. Thanks for, for listening. Me. Thank you all for listening. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. See you next week.